0: Does your broker tell you they're managing your retirement money on a daily basis? Really? So when they're on vacation, how does that work? Do they have computers doing their job for them? Is that reliable money management? Is it time you learned how to have reliable retirement income, keeping your principal, and protect your gains with a higher income strategy? That's why to tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Eric Hallaby Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. On AM 870, The Answer. financial security will help you live the life you dream learn about financial power the total financial power. hey welcome to the show the total financial hour i'm eric haliby tfs financial insurance services we bring this to you every week i love sunday mornings it's always nice it's a little crisp sometimes look part of what we do is to to sit and try to understand you know, the the week that has been the financial uh, mess in some cases, right? And sometimes record highs, the stock market's record highs. And then, oh my gosh, it's uh, running for the, the exits. Okay. So I'm going to, we're going to play a game. I'm going to let you finish this sentence. Buy low, sell, get it. Okay. So how many of you have been getting phone calls from your uh, financial professionals, hey, I think you should sell. Hey, we're up X percentage a year over year. Hey, we're, we've made this much Because if your money is safe, in other words, it's in the money market, safe from risks, safe from the ups and downs of the, of the market, then they can't charge you a fee. So maybe there's a reason why you're not getting calls left and right throughout the week. Hey, we're hitting all-time highs. Hey, we've made 15% for the year. Maybe it's time to get out. Hey, you finally are up from a year ago when the market lost 20 or 30 or 40% between October, November, December. Maybe it's time you should sell something. I I don't know, maybe. So, you know, ask the question, when? When are we supposed to sell? You, you know, I get it, but, but when do we sell? Do we, do we automatically sell when the market does this or do, when I make this much money? So I want you to think about that because as you get closer to retirement, as you are in retirement, as you are soon going to need the retirement funds, These are real questions because you may not necessarily say, well, I've hit the magic whatever number, 65, 67, 70. You might not be that person who says, once I hit that number, I'm out, I'm retiring. But as we are getting more and more people in the labor force, staying in longer, right? The participation rate for 65 to 74 year olds are projected to be over 30% in the next few years. Now, what that means is a massive amount of people that are past the quote age of retirement are staying in the workforce. So what does that mean? It means those jobs are not available for middle age and younger people. So the great news is the president and his economic policies and his team has put together an expansion that has absorbed the younger people that want to work. Isn't that amazing? Because in the normal setup, when we had the big recession in 2000, 2001, 2002, when we had the big recession in 2007, eight, nine, the same thing was happening. People were staying in the workforce longer, which is why unemployment continued to go up and up and up no matter what the government did. Because seniors were saying, listen, I can't afford to retire. I just lost 20% of my retirement account because my broker said, quote, I was diversified. I don't know what that really means. It means you do you, you just lose money in more places, <laughs> right? I, I, I mean, I don't know. Because true diversification, in my opinion, means when the market goes down, there's a big percentage of money you just don't lose. And when it goes up, hey, guess what? You're not going to make great rates of return, but you're going to probably, I don't know, on average, three, four, five, six, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, maybe as much as 10, maybe as much as 12. But realistically, the goal is to not double your money when you're in retirement. It should be to preserve. It should be to grow at a reasonable rate of return. Because I think there are pressures that come from different places. Here's a good example. Social Sec- Social Security Administration has declared thousands of people dead. So <laughs> nearly six and a half million quote should be canceled. Six and a half million people That have passed away are still receiving social security checks somewhere, somehow in the system. Is that, is that amazing? Imagine the amount of dollars that would be preserved in social security if these reports are true. Six million dollars, identity theft, people not reporting that grandma passed away and the younger kids, great grandkids, whatever, are collecting the checks because they want the money. Right? Uh, uh, Caregivers. Where there's somebody who just doesn't have family that's reaching out to them pretty regularly. And so the caregivers are continually writing checks, depositing checks, paying for themselves. Right? It could be all sorts of things. When it comes to to just a a heads up on caregivers and maids and and, uh, household help, I'm sure, look, just like anything, right? Dennis says it best. There are good people on the left, good people on the right, bad people on the left, bad people on the right. Uh, Get it? There are some caregivers and and maids that are amazing, great human beings, selfless, but they are also in a position to get in and to take a check or two out of that checkbook to write something for themselves. We had two cases in the last couple of weeks where uh, the beneficiaries were concerned that caregivers were reallocating assets, reassigning uh, uh, trusts, changing beneficiaries inside of trusts. I mean, imagine... If a caregiver is given as a beneficiary, is that because the person really wants to take care of them or because they're afraid that they won't get the care if they don't put it in the trust? Are they afraid that their care will be substandard? There should be some sort of a law that says, at least ethically anyway, if you're a caregiver, right, there's a a problem with being a beneficiary, maybe a conflict of interest. It isn't any different. Then a, then a lady who had reached out to me and said, hey, Arif, is it weird that my financial advisor wants to be my beneficiary? go, what? Yeah, no, she has no children. She's taking care of a family member. They're both in their late 70s, early 80s, the family member and her. And there aren't any beneficiaries. Sister, brother, cousin, nephews, nobody. And so this guy keeps bringing over his 15-year-old kid and saying, hey, you know, wouldn't it be nice to have Junior go to college? Hey, wouldn't it be great if you were to help out? Folks, that's wrong. Not a little bit wrong. That's really wrong. So keep this in mind. Right as we go through this, because, look, the election season is coming up. We're going to be in the heat of it. Social security should be preserved. There should be some realistic expectations of what you can receive. And everybody likes to say, oh, we can make it last forever. Medicare and and social waste, fraud and abuse should be a T-shirt waste, fraud and abuse. Like, are you even pausing? Is there a comma in there? Because I don't care what you say with your mouth. I want to see what you do. Right? Here's a great example. Why do you think President Trump has middle America so enthralled and so impressed and coming out in in thousands? Because here's what our traditional politicians, Hillary Clinton, a happily married wife, we all know she isn't. A person of the people. Not true. She says it. She isn't. Joe Biden pretends to be a working class person. He's a phony. He's been in Congress since he was, what, 26 or 30? 40 years. The guy's had a government job. He's never had to employ somebody in his life. Pretends to be Lunch Bucket Joe. Not true. We know that. People can see through it. Elizabeth Warren. She pretended to be Native American. She got into universities. Reports are that she even got a massive amount of benefits, maybe even scholarships that she stole from real Native American people because she claimed high cheekbones. Really? So people see through that, so they don't like her. Kamala Harris, I'm an African-American woman. Well, I don't know, your dad's from, what, or mom is from Jamaica. Your other parent is from the United States. So do you really understand the African-American experience? Maybe. I, listen, I'm not one to judge, but people know. They know you're not really... African-American, you're Jamaican, African-Jamaican. So you're phony. Change your mind every other day. Surprise, there are video cameras. People see it. They know that you said this, and then last week you said that. Bernie Sanders. He's close to authentic. Until we found out. Eddie, we're so sorry. Hey, we found out that you received millions of dollars in a book deal. And you drive a red sports car that happens to be, I don't know, maybe $100,000 or more. Man of the people. And all of these phonies fly around in private jets. All of them have armed security guards to protect themselves. You don't get to. No, no, no. You don't. Robert Francis O'Rourke, remember? Beto. <laughs> because he speaks Spanish and can change his name to Beto. Amazing. Irish-American phony. People saw through it. So along the stage is President Trump. Does he apologize for being brash? Does he apologize for being a New York billionaire? No. And you and I look at him and we go, you know what? Hey, listen. This guy should probably be the president. Why? Because at least he's telling us the truth of who he is. He says it and he is it. He's not playing this phony, I'm going to say something different to Ohio. I'm going to say something different to, the, uh, to uh, Los Angeles and say something different to New Hampshire. No, no, no. He, he's the same person. So if you're going to put these people in charge of organizations, and now we have to make some changes and, and some adjustments to Social Security and Medicare in the future, can you trust what they say? I, I mean, I don't know. I think you need to question that. Because we're talking about math. There really isn't any opinion unless, you know, the silly common core stuff. One plus one is two. Well, unless you feel like it's six. If you, if you hold a sign, you're passionate. If, if, if you yell over me, then one plus one can be nine. I, you know, it's, it's new math. It can be nine. Depends how you feel. And you go, well, gosh, uh, I want to retire. I want to pay as little taxes as possible. Uh, I want government to work for me and not me work for government. I think just like President Trump is for middle America and conservatives, Mrs. Ocasio-Cortez just tells you how it is. She doesn't lie. She doesn't play any phony games. You don't have to uh, uh, agree with her. Frankly, I don't. But at least she isn't playing the Nancy Pelosi game. Right? And we're not in favor of impeachment, even though that's how half of these people ran. Surprise. What a joke. Most Americans, look, you guys, you understand. You go to work. You're busy. You have. Uh, you sit on boards. You volunteer. You help your children or your grandchildren. My concern is if they don't get a handle on Social Security with true and reality, because, look, when President Trump put people in office uh, or, you know, appointed uh, his executive team, his cabinet. People said, oh, they're all people from the business community. Well, what do you want? A nonprofit director who ran a a cheesy nonprofit? Uh, I mean, I love them all, but there's no way you can understand a $50 billion budget in any sort of thing. I want somebody who's been successful. I don't have to like them. Please put your feelings aside, except for your mother. Most people don't really care about how you feel, right? And maybe your dad, hopefully he's a good guy. But other than that, folks, I just want you to fix my country. Fix Social Security so that I don't have to worry about my parents or my sisters or my cousins or my children. Right? Uh, Come up with a plan. I'm not going to like 100%. You're not going to like 100%. We aren't the narcissistic states of America. We are a group of us that want Social Security and Medicare to thrive. And the way it does is when honest people have honest conversations. And when the bomb throwers on the left, when the Chuck Schumers and the uh, folks uh, uh, that are the like start to scream and yell and call you names for wanting to push Granny off a cliff, and yet we have seen. What does the state of California's financial situation look like? I mean, look, you guys know. My friends on the left and the right my Democrat friends, my, my Republican friends. To a person, it's expensive to live here. Why? Taxes. The cost of things. Right? So, so part of this is for you to, to make sure you understand math. Because then you can make a decision on who to vote for, both locally and nationally. Right? People said, oh, I didn't vote for that congressman or that congresswoman because I didn't like them. God. I mean, I get it. But I don't, But that doesn't matter. It's like saying uh, he matched his socks with his tie, so I didn't vote for him. Who cares? Can you run my country? I've given you examples of people that I thought might be a little brash. In fact, uh, you know, they are a little harsh. But they fix the, gun- the, the government. They fix and stand up for you and me. Right? I've said it. Tom McClintock. I love the guy. But sometimes he doesn't play well with others. Devin Yunez, uh, Ted Cruz. It doesn't matter. These are men that are solid human beings that are fighting for what's right. So I want you guys to understand this. Vote for substance. Not the symbolism. We've talked about this before, right? The left got a hold plastic bags. You can't have plastic bags at the grocery store. Well, go to go to the pharmacy. Plastic bag. Go to the restaurant. Get your takeout order. Plastic bag. Wait, wait, wait. I thought they were evil fish and turtles and look there's a picture of a of a duck he's wrapped in a plastic bag breathing you know suffocating my word help oh yeah but it said a grocery store on the name of the bag it didn't say you know cbs or walgreens or rite aid really symbolism over substance went out to lunch with my wife the other day we sit down at a restaurant in glendale and they give me a paper straw i'm like are you kidding me The thing dissolves before you finish your meal. He said, I know everybody complains, but that's the rule. So he brings me three more straws. Okay, so you tell me that the cost and energy to make these straws, three times the amount of trucks now have to deliver, right? Instead of one shipment of straws, they have to make the packaging for three shipments of straws. Instead of one person manufacturing it in eight hours a day, they now have to have three people doing the same amount of work to serve one customer. So explain to me how that is efficient, how that saves anything. And when you look at the massive amounts of waste, it isn't here in the United States, you guys. I read reports, even when I was in college, right, and I was on the left, I read these reports and it said we had 500 years of landfill space before we had to do anything. And that added a certain amount of growth. So there was a little bit of inflation into that. 500 years of landfill space. Well, we just don't want to put it in the ground. Okay, but but why? Because you don't feel like it? There are golf courses and parks and lakes above these landfills. There's open space above these landfills I'm not saying listen, I'm not a landfill advocate I don't, I don't I don't care. I care about look don't have a senior that goes out and now has to have their their dental work have to have cold ice and water next to their teeth. It's the reason some people use straws surprise don't don't have it so that they have to now deal with with dental pain because they can't use a soggy straw. I mean do you understand how silly this is? How many times do people go to the store and you got to walk out carrying your 10 items or less? Right? They don't even, it's ridiculous. I went to one of the stores and I said, you know, I, I so disagree with this rule. I will spend your 10 cents. I will buy 200 bags. You can give away the first 200 people. All I want is my company name on it. And I will give your 10 cents times 200 bags. And I will pay to make the bags. And I will pay to put my name on it. So grocery store, all you have to do is that. And I'll even give you some money for for advertising. I don't know, 2,000 bags. You pick the number. They said it's illegal. Oh, huh? Yeah, it's illegal. I said, but that, but, I mean, listen, I didn't check out the law. I didn't hire a team of lawyers. All I did is say, here's the problem. You won't give out bags. People don't want to spend the 10 cents. So I will spend the 10 cents. It'll be a marketing thing. Isn't that great? It's a win-win for all. People will buy more items grocery stores could have a better bottom line instead of these salmonella and infected bags that have uh, juice and vegetable uh, matter on the bottom that that decays right you have to wash those bags wash the bags wait a second are we doing that with fresh water the the water that's rare hard to find so so you're telling me i have to wash my bags each and every time i go to the grocery store or i risk chicken juice and and uh decaying uh, vegetable matter on the bottom that could infect my family. No problem. I'll wash them. But doesn't that take more water that we're trying to preserve? Or Arab could sponsor and other people could sponsor and millions of, of companies across the country could sponsor bags. Wow. Symbolism over substance. Look, President Trump doesn't apologize for being a billionaire. He doesn't apologize for having money he gives away his check. Do you realize that? It's an actual event, every I think it's every quarter. He gives away his paycheck as president. President Obama didn't do that for the people. President Clinton didn't do that. Man of the people. President Carter couldn't afford to do it. He couldn't buy his shoes when he left office. And nobody says, "Wow, he gave it to this fund or this environmental group, or this uh, group." I think that's a. I think that's kind of cool, guys. And his his first cabinet, most of those people donated, some or all of their checks. He said, "Hey, guys, we're going to serve the American people, and that matters, because how many of you would do that? I mean, all of us would, right? Oh, yeah. If I was a billionaire, I'd give away hundred thousand dollars. Okay. I, I love your talk." But I like your actions better. I never thought of it until Dennis Prager said it, which is simply: I don't care about what you say; I care about what you do. In fact, he said something pretty profound as a as a Christian man to me, that I am. Uh, he said something. He says, "I don't care about your heart," and I'm going to ex- extrapolate on that, and I'm going to say, "I care about I care about your 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 effort." God should care about your heart. Because you can lie to me, you can play games, you can be whatever. If you want your name on the side of Children's Hospital because you donated $100 million, and it's now the the Arif Hallaby Children's Hospital wing of Southern California, all, all for it. Give me a plaque, call me. What do, I, do you guys care? Or how about the parent that brought their child in? Who can now have their disease treated and cured? Do you care? I, I'll name my next kid after the guy who put his name on the building if you save my child's life. I don't care. I'll change my name. So all of you get caught up in this materialistic outside world. Look, retirement is about, I think, if you can afford to retire, it's about giving back in your time, not just your money. It's about being a better person. Right? You spend most of your life doing. I think retirement should be about being Being a better spouse, being a better listener, being a better grandparent, being a better citizen, being a better conservative or being a better liberal, whatever it is, just be better because for most people, they think it's about them. Me, me, me. And I'm going to tell you with social security now having some struggles, why do you think the IRS... Well, I think the last number we had was about 120,000 people. Now, in the big scheme of things, that might not be a lot, but 120,000 people—that is a lot. 120,000 people are having their Social Security wages garnished by the student by the IRS for unpaid student loans. Unpaid student loans, but there's but they're seniors. Well, some of you went back to school in 2000, so that you could get a promotion, you went back to earn your master's or your PhD. Some of you went back to school in 2007, 2008. You might have been 50 years old, maybe 55, too young to retire, it's too early for this, can't receive my pension, so I'm going to go back to school. That's pretty common. It happened a lot, probably. And if you just didn't make enough to pay off that student loan, surprise, says the IRS, we will take some or part of your Social Security to pay it back. Forever, forever until it's paid back. Look, a lot of people are staying to work. If you're older than 70 and a half and you're still working, you're not required to start taking money from your 401k. So a lot of people are staying employed one day a week, two days a week, so that they can defer the required minimum distributions, the RMDs, in their 401k. A lot of people have rolled over their IRAs into their 401ks. So they are no longer individual retirement accounts, but their 401ks and delaying the required minimum distribution. So there's plenty of reasons to work. Purpose is one of those. Of course, financial is other, and is another. But these are some ideas. We're going to continue when we come back. Look, I've got some, some concepts I want to run by you when it comes to uh, retirement fun, mm-hmm. right? How do we enjoy it? What do we do to continue a lifestyle that's exciting and interesting? And whatever that is, as opposed to getting home and and being retired and now sitting in front of the TV. Maybe... Maybe there's something else you can do when we come back. You're listening to me, Arif Halliby, Triple eight ninety nine retire 888 We'll be right back on the Total Financial Hour. I'm Arif Hallaby on AM870, The Answer. Now, Arif has a plan for- security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, total financial power. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. Let me give you the number one more time. Triple retire. That's eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. Hey, I want to touch on a couple of things. You've heard me talk about pensions before. One of my biggest concern is that there just isn't money and the, the, the calculations were done incorrectly. On purpose or on accident, I always say, look, all it takes is somebody with a calculator. It's not that difficult, Uh, but apparently it is because there's formulas and uh, Harvard MBAs and all of these people get in and they were wrong. Yeah, but look, you've heard me say it. One plus one is two, whether you say that it isn't or not. But the eight, 10 year uh, war on coal miners and miners in general across this country uh, really is a big deal. Because today you have the United Mine Workers Association, a union that has been in business for decades, is now on the verge of filing bankruptcy and losing because 20 miners are collecting, 20 miners are collecting a pension for every one putting in. That means there just isn't money, right? (laughs) That poor guy. So they're taking away from the principal. There just isn't money. So these poor union members that are 65, 72, 75 years old, and sorry, there's no money. So they're now going to the government and saying, well, you have to give us some sort of a a guarantee. You have to protect us. Well, I, I don't know. I guess, guys, you have to decide if that's what we're going to do. People are trying. But Congress is trying to start legislation. They're trying to pass it. You tell me if you don't receive a pension and you do put into uh, Social Security. That they're going to go to that person and say, hey, by the way, you need to put more money in. You've heard me talk about the teachers association, the teacher union and different districts across the country. It's very simple. In the state of California, we have countless teacher unions. I don't even know the number. Hundreds, probably. So you're going to tell me that an educate, uh, listen, I love my educator clients. We have lots of them, but let's think for a second what the common person down the street is going to think single mom of three kids who has to work two jobs. And you're going to tell her that a teacher who retired at 65, listen, I understand it. She worked for 40 years. I get it, but she retired at 65. You're going to have to put in more money, pay more taxes so she can go to Fiji her third time this year. I think that's a tough sell, guys. Right? I, I think when you go to the teachers, the current educators, and you have a single mom of two kids, and you say, hey, listen, you're 36 years old. You've been a student teacher before. Now you're a great educator. You make 85 90000 a year. Maybe the district is less or more, whatever. But we're going to take more from your paycheck because the teachers that came before you, your coworkers and others that you've known for the last decade, they are now retired. And there isn't any money. So we're going to have to take from you. And you're like, but but I'm just barely getting by. I haven't received a pay raise for two years. Or every time I get a pay raise, they take it from the left pocket. And I have to pay more for my health insurance. So I think you're going to see right now it's kind of quiet and it's it's mismatched and underneath the covers. And listen, if you're a retired educator, yeah, life's probably not that bad. Depending on how well you managed your money, life is probably okay. The problem doesn't come in until you have to go to people who either don't receive a pension or who aren't going to receive one for decades. And you say, listen, I know you can barely pay your bills, but you're going to have to give more. So that remember, you know, Professor Jim or Mr. Jones who worked, you know, in chemistry. Well, gosh, guys, he just started his cruise around the world and he doesn't have time. So you need to pay more money for him. Guys, I think that's a tough sell, and I think you need to understand that as a person receiving a pension, because yes, they signed the agreement. Yes, they committed to it. Yes, you gave up two vacation days. Yes, you did. I get it. All of that stuff. Yes, yes. And there still isn't any money. Listen, I understand. Administrators are getting paid a lot. Sometimes there are twi- some. Some educators will tell you there's twice as many administrators than are necessary. I understand. That's a district issue. Somebody's going to have to fight that. I just want you to be prepared as a recipient of CalPERS, Caltrans pension, right? If you're part of school districts or hospitals or any place there's a pension, just know that there there may be some issues in the future and how do you protect yourself, right? So here's my plan. Here's what I would say. Number one is don't give yourself long-term debt. Stay away from long-term debt. Stay away from debt that is something you can't just write a check for. You might decide to to get a six-year or 10-year loan. I get it. I'm okay with that. But just don't sign up for something where you're betting on the come, the future. So in other words, you say, hey, listen, I, I'm, I know I don't have the cash now, but I will because every month I get a paycheck. So I'm going to take $250 or $460 a month, whatever it is, and I'm going to go through and... Uh, you know pay for this rv or my vacation home you should have the money somewhere you should have a backup plan and if everything goes well wonderful you were right i was wrong yep means you have your money you have your your stuff your life is good somehow the money came from somewhere and life is good but if i'm right then i think there's a pension crisis coming and the last thing i want you to do is to be caught So if that means you could pay off your house a little earlier, if that means you don't move to move to move again, all right? So there are plenty of dollars in the pension system for 75%, for example, I don't know the number, depending on on what your pension is, 75% of your pay. So I don't think it just disappears, nor do I think Social Security will just disappear. There's money there. It's just there may not be enough for 100%. So the day, when the day comes when you were supposed to receive a $2,000 check from, from Social Security and they say we can only afford 1500 or your pension is supposed to be 4000 a month and they say we could only afford 3000 this month, we'll get back to you on the other 1000 like they did to United Airlines, TWA, City of Stockton, right? When they filed bankruptcy, the, the city had to reorganize Mammoth Lakes, San Bernardino, The state of Rhode Island, when Orange County filed bankruptcy, people's deferred compensation plans were taken. Finally, some of them were given back, but it took a year before you got all your money back. So just kind of know that you need a plan B, maybe even a plan C and go on your life and everything is good. No problem. But just how do you keep from getting into too much trouble? right. A lot of people... I'll just give you a real quick report. This is as of about a week ago. Fisher Investments, so far, $3 billion have been pulled. $3 billion in assets. That's a lot of money, guys. And much more is expected. That's when, uh, as as a result, as a consequence to Ken Fisher's comments that were just not acceptable. Basically, of a of a sexual nature, and, and ju- it just wasn't appropriate. Read the transcripts if you're, if you're interested. But a lot of people have pulled, uh, especially after his defense of his arguments, as opposed to his second or third try when he finally said, I'm really mean, I'm sorry. Right? The, apo- the, the apology has to come quick and fierce and an explanation and a mea culpa. Sometimes people say, ah, you just didn't understand me. But the words are out. So be very careful. Uh, people are, are, are jumping ship individual investors, big pension funds, uh, Iowa, Texas, uh, uh, Michigan. They all are pulling some or all of their money from his organization. And that's a lot of dollars. So consider that if you currently use, he was the one who said, oh, I hate annuities. I would die and go to hell before I sold my mother an annuity. Uh, except he was the biggest investor in annuity companies. He didn't tell you that part until he got caught. And so part of what I want you to do is to, uh, you know, just look. The idea is, if you want safety, there are some good annuities out there. And there's some crummy ones. And if they're right for you, then great. But should you ever put all of your money in one basket? Of course not. I don't think you should ever have everything in bonds or everything in stocks or mutual funds. You decide what's right for you. You decide your risk tolerance. And if you want to protect what you've earned and grow it at reasonable rates of return, that's what I do. I decided years ago that, quote, being, being a financial advisor where you do stocks, bonds, mutual funds, REITs, ticks, fleas, uh, uh, <laughs> you name it, Bitcoin, annuities, variable annuities, you go, gosh, really? Why are there so many different products? Because somebody has to be good in all of those areas, or at least the one they focus on. My goal was to learn to be great at something, not to learn to be good or halfway at a lot of things. So just be clear on this. We are paid by the profits of the insurance company, but you have a drawback. That is zero to 10%, zero to 12%. That's the amount of return that you're going to get. Realistically, between three and six is the average. Some years more, some years less, but that's the average over time. So by considering this as an option for you, maybe we can help. If not, that's okay. I hope you keep listening because sometimes you can learn something <laughs> or two. 888-99-RETIRED. That's eight 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 nine nine seven 997 All right. Uh, I just want to give you a little bit more of an update on some of the pension news. Uh, what I think is important as you go through this is to look to see what that number is. What is the pension funding? I want you to think of two numbers. What is the pension funding uh, number? And that is going to be a percentage, like 70%, 68 82 something like that. So what does that mean? That means for the dollars that they have, based on the expected uh, people taking money out, and when they do, retirement ages, etc., they can currently afford, they currently have, 70 cents for every dollar that they owe you. So that means they are either going into debt behind the scenes, Or they are kind of, if you will, taking from future uh, retirees from their dollars that are supposed to sit there and earn interest. They're selling that to pay you cash because you can't take shares to the grocery store. You take cash. So they have to sell the shares that were originally entitled for the 38 year old. And you're 69 and you're receiving a pension. Sorry, those shares aren't there for the 38 year old. They have to be sold, turned into cash so that you could receive a check. So that's what that 70, 68, 82% number is. What should it be? Always, in my opinion, always more than 105, 110. So, but it isn't, right? There's rich promises are made. People want to make, they want to spike their pension. That last three years income, they work overtime. They get that last promotion. They want to jump in those dollars so that they could receive a greater income, right? You wouldn't expect them to not work for themselves, of course. But here's the challenge. When they come up with that 70 or 80% number, what percentage growth expectation in the future are they using? So I can tell you, it used to be they were using in the 8% number. And then they didn't get 8%. So in order so they would say, "Oh, we're 100% funded if we always earn 8% going forward." And that wasn't true. So they reduced it to 7.8. That means if every year they earn on average 7.8%. They will be funded at 82%. <laughs> then they had to reduce it to 7 because they weren't achieving the rates of return that they thought. Realistically, what are the rates of return when you go over, let's say, a five-year average? For some of them, it's 1, 6. So if you're earning 6% return and you built a formula where you're supposed to earn 8 or seven then your pension is actually much worse off than you actually let people know because your assumptions are not going to happen so there's a realistic expectation here I know it's in the weeds I know it's not easy to, to, to kind of digest this on a Sunday morning but kind of understand that they have a formula and for most of the cases that I have seen in fact almost all of them they just don't meet, meet it so what happens? Every pension is made up of three parts. The employee contribution. So I work, I put in 10% of my pay, it goes into the pension. That doesn't include my retirement account, the 401k or the 457. It doesn't include that. This is the pension contribution. So every day I work, every month I work, I put money in. That's the employee contribution. The second part of it is the earnings inside of that. So we're hoping to earn 7%. If we do, then that's the piece of the puzzle there. Then the third part is the employer contribution. Now, the employer contribution is usually a taxpayer entity or a company. But because nearly all, almost all, like 90% of the pensions in this country are done by city, county, state government agencies then realistically, it's taxpayer money. So when there is a shortfall, that third piece of the puzzle has to be made up by the entity, the city, county, state entity. Well, they don't just make widgets and sell them for $2 that they made for one. Where do they get the money from? They raise taxes. And when companies like Toyota and Nestle and Allstate and Frito-Lay and Pepsi and on and on, 9,000 companies leave the state of California, With good paying jobs. Where do you think that taxpayer money is going to come from? I I mean, honestly, I I just want to know. When last year, 402 people a day left, on average, left the state of California. That's when you add the ones that came in. When you take out the ones that left. 402 was the delta or the change. Now, were they poor people? Getting benefits that said, oh, well, I'm going to go to Phoenix and get better benefits there. No. By and large, they were middle and upper middle class taxpayers. You see, you've heard me say this before. Florida does it right. Florida says, come on down and bring your retirement checks. We're not going to charge you any taxes. Zero. Why? Why? Because they know you're going to spend that money at the grocery store, and the nail salon, and the hair salon, and the liquor store, and the restaurants, and the golf course. They know you're going to spend it, and it takes your tax-free money that you earn and turns it into taxable income for the people at those places. Now, you might say, but I thought you don't pay any income tax. You don't, but you pay sales tax. You don't, but you pay property tax. You don't, but you pay car registration and you pay payroll tax because there's disability insurance and other things that the state can collect. So they don't charge income tax, but your pay that comes to you in the form of tax-free money now goes out and populates the city. So the property tax that that restaurant pays is a function of how many times you and your friends come to visit the restaurant. So more money that comes in and buys food means the city can now charge more property tax. The restaurant is happy cuz it makes a profit. You're happy cuz you get a meal and you didn't have to pay payroll tax or sorry or income tax. I mean do, do you see the, the trade-off? Cuz I, I want you to understand economics without a, a crazy guy with the bow tie and, and glasses in the front of the room. Like my days at uh, either Pierce College or UCLA when you're in this big room and you're sitting on the bottom Right? It's a freshman or like a freshman English class and there's 500 people in the room and all they do is they could, they could talk like anybody was there or nobody was there. My goal is different. It's for you to understand. It's for you to try to get it. Not get a PhD in it, but to get the facts. Because when you chase businesses out and you're a retiree, you're on a fixed income. And heaven forbid they change the tax structure in the state and start taxing higher income brackets, right? Or, or higher taxes in the income brackets, because that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to use property tax. I think they're going to find a an emergency to waive Prop 13. They'll do something like that. They'll create some sort of formula and then slowly get rid of Proposition 13 through a declaration of emergency or some fiscal response emergency or something like that. That's how they'll do it. And by declaring a fiscal emergency, you see they can get rid of all different rules. So keep that in mind. Okay, I want to switch gears because a lot of our, our clients are traveling and they're getting ready for Christmas travel. They're getting ready for to, to make summer travel. All of those things, the longer or the sooner you make plans, the sooner you pay for those, really the bigger discount you get. So here's what I think. I think you need to understand what the better credit cards are for seniors. Most seniors are pretty good. It's like this little club, a gang, a gang of people, walkers, wheelchairs with knitting needles. And what does that gang do? They share discounts, right? We we see it as a Mac, A-R-P and a Mac. What do they do? You get these things and people talk, they go, Hey, did you know that if you go before 4 PM, there's an early bird special at this restaurant and you can still get the filet mignon, at, but at a lower price as long as you get there before X time. People go, wow, right? So so that's what I mean. There's, there's this community. But what about credit cards? Because most people are afraid to talk about their debt. There's a little shame, guilt, whatever it might be. So I want you to know what some, in my opinion, some of the better ones are for seniors, okay? Because I just think if you know that, you might save some money in the long run. The Capital One Venture Rewards Card. I like it simply because... It gives you discounts when you travel. So if you are in the retirement time of your life where travel is important and they don't tie you down to a specific airline or hotel chain or cruise chain, you can really travel the way you want. You can earn some, some miles. In fact, it's, it's unlimited. For every two miles, you earn a dollar. For every uh, a dollar you spend, you earn two miles. I like it because it gives you a little extra there's extra bonuses if you spend before you know January 2020, all of those things. Consider that as an option. Uh, second is Citigroup. Uh, Citi so City has a double cash card. It's pretty nice because it can give you cash back on purchases. If you are a senior that may not be traveling as much, but you are buying things, whether it be for a charity or a nonprofit, and you want to write those off on your taxes, tech, check with your tax preparer, your CPA, or enrolled agent, but realize that in this process of saving and setting aside money. You could get double cash back on everything that you buy up to a certain uh, amount, including when you pay your bills. So consider that as an option. Okay, Fidelity has a a reward card. For some of you that use Fidelity as a retirement vehicle, you know, whether it be uh, uh, mutual funds or your mortgage, Fidelity often does mortgages now as well. One of the things that they have is a fidelity rewards visa signature card and seniors can earn unlimited 2% cash back. So do you see the common theme here? I like it when you are out there and you are looking for something where you're going to do it anyway. I don't want you to just go put something on a credit card just because you're going to be spending that money anyway. So instead of haphazardly doing this, focus on the right cards for your purpose. Right. If you are a Harley-Davidson riding person, look at the Harley-Davidson card because you get discounts towards items in Harley uh, issue, uh, goods and services. That's important. I don't ride, so that's, that's not my thing. So look at what it is that you do and find a card that gives benefits towards that. Now, here's a concern I have. Please don't think about going out and doing this. I'm going to use my Visa debit card so I don't go into debt. I don't like that. Debit cards have different sets of rules than credit cards. Debit cards, for example, if you use the debit, even if it has a Visa or MasterCard logo or, or the American Express logo, if you swipe it and you choose debit, you don't use the Visa credit card rules. You use the debit card rules. So that means your protections of somebody emptying your bank account are not the same. That means if somebody grabs your, your credit card and starts charging haphazardly on it it isn't the same okay so in my opinion if you ever have a choice to use debit or credit always choose credit even when you swipe it the merchants actually have to pay more money for credit card than they do for debit so they will always default to the credit card portion i'm sorry to the to the debit card portion so they'll default to the debit card and you have to say no i'm going to choose credit okay so you choose credit that gives you protections if somebody uses your card, if somebody steals your identity through their credit card. I don't want you to get stuck with it. And you get benefits, folks, miles, et cetera, that you may not normally get if you use a debit card. Okay? Hey, that's just a little bit of, a, of an update. Let me give you our information real quick. My name is Arif Halaby. <laughs> Some of you know that. Some of you just tuned in, so now you know. Arif Halaby, the Total Financial Hour. TFS Financial Insurance Services. Guys, that's our company, Total Financial Solutions. We are out here every week at this time, uh, and stay tuned because sometimes we have programs, we have dinners and events and uh, and great things that uh, I can't get into now, but we have Id- uh, ideas and and events coming up for you that's exclusive for our listeners and our clients. All right, thanks for joining me. 888 99 Retire, that's 888 997 3847. You enjoy the rest of your day and God bless you. Have a wonderful night. strategy. Learn from Arab Halib